0: Hello, ciao, and welcome back to the Chronicles of a Black Italian Woman. My name is Benedicta Junta, and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. Hello, people of the internet! Hey, hey, hey! How are you? Like, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing all right. I was actually not about to record this episode. I was feeling crap to be honest and uh, but you know what actually there are times where you feel crap and it's okay for you to not show up but this time I was like you know what I'm actually going to push and record this episode. So there are different variety of reasons for which um I wasn't going to post so let's start with. Maybe I wasn't expecting, like, such low numbers on the last episode. Let's start from there. And uh, also, I was, um, well, the different aspects. So, yesterday I had a little bit of personal frustration related to different aspects. And, um, which some relates to, uh, well, I guess I can say dating life. And, uh, yeah, so... Mm, I don't know. I, I think I will not make an episode on my dating life. I will keep it to myself because I feel like if Issa Ray gets old of my dating life, she could make something wonderful out of it. But, 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 you know what? I should actually seriously think of claiming my stories and claiming my misfortunes and <laughs> make something out of it so isa if you're listening you are inspiring me of course she's not listening but anyway like hey isa like you know your own girl adores you i don't actually like isa right and the part of like where i introduce myself as and With Black Women is definitely inspired by Issa Rae. If you go on my bio on Instagram. And if you also, uh yeah, if you know me, I feel like you can tell that I have that awkwardness from time to time. So I really like, ugh, I love Issa Rae. I love Insecure. And uh, yeah, all of this to say, <laughs> all of this to say that I was in a crappy mood. And also there was the aspect that. This week was a challenging week. Why? Because unfortunately, I had a loss that affected my faith community. So my pastor, Rick, passed away and it still feels surreal. And uh, it's weird, strange, because normally that's who you process grief grief, with. And this is also someone that's so strong and so it's very hard to believe that he's no longer with us. But at the same time, you know, to be accessed for the bodies to be present in the spirit. So I'm all grateful for his life and the outpour that has done on my life. Probably like if I didn't do enough of public speaking and translating for him because I go to international church in Rome. And it's from, the, it's from the U.S. So I had to translate from English to Italian. And uh, probably I wouldn't be here if I didn't spend all these years, like this past five years, translating and uh, make sure that I communicate clearly in a mode that people do understand. Although still, my communication isn't up there, but I feel I'm getting there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. So... Yeah, I'm beyond grateful and I guess we are processing, I'm processing, faith community is processing this loss and uh, a little know about grieving, like please feel the feelings. Like, I know it's hard, especially coming from myself, which I'm someone that oftentimes sanitize the feelings or ignore the feelings, but through this past year uh, doing therapy and stuff is has like, forced me to feel the feelings. And be comfortable with discomfort. Like for me it's like, mm, like. I don't like crying. So although sometimes you probably. If you've been listening for some bit. Like you know that. From time to time I had choked up. I had my frustration. But, 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 but. um At the same time. I'm also like. For me it's very hard to like sometimes get a tear out of, my, out of myself. So there are times where I cry. Especially when I'm angry. But anger makes me cry, that's for sure. It's of like, maybe emotional cry. But there were a few things that, there are a few things that make me emotional cry. Like, for example, earlier, I listened to somebody and I'm going to tell you right now who it was. And then I'm going to stop chatting crap and get into the episode because we got things to talk. So, Joseph Solomon, yes, I listened to Joseph Solomon and he did this amazing cover of Jealous on youtube and this is the song by nick jonas yes i'm a jonas brothers fan and this song was so good and his covers are amazing The sound the voice the soul the everything i don't know i feel like probably i'll be listening to his voice more and more and more and more so let's get into the episode let's cut it let's get into it so i can keep it short and we can uh i also wanted to make a little note when it comes to discouragement like yeah I, like honestly i didn't want to be here because i was feeling very discouraged like the last episode didn't perform as i expected it to perform i don't know if it was the episode itself i don't know it was the timing i don't know what it was but yeah i guess you know you sometimes gonna take the advice that you put out there so even if there is one person listening to this episode i should be grateful i should be appreciative of that and uh, so, I would do that. So, even if the last episode didn't perform as I, as it did, I'm, st- I'm sure I said something that has impacted someone. And this would make a difference, maybe in somebody's life, in my own life. And, um, I don't know, I guess maybe that spoke to someone. So, as much as I feel this courage and this journey, you know what? I'm actually still going to encourage myself and actually still push myself and maybe think of new strategies on how to promote this podcast. And I will try actually not to stay in that discouragement. I will try to push myself even when I don't feel as supported because probably like somebody needs to hear something like this somewhere. So I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. Also, I know I got, a like opportunity to speak as well about the podcast and that opportunity is coming in November. I'm real grateful. I'm not gonna disclose details because the ad is not out there, but, 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 I'm super excited and grateful because you know what? Like I'm always so scared to put myself out there. That's a little secret I'm gonna share with you guys today. And as I'm scared of putting myself out there, It's just, yes, it's funny, you know, because I feel like I'm someone that, especially growing up, I was very, like, vocal, chatty and talkative. And so that, like, it feels weird sometimes to say, like, I'm also scared to expose myself and be out there. But actually, I came to realize that, yeah, I actually don't always like to expose myself. And it's very ironic because I'm saying I don't like to expose myself while I'm recording a podcast that is streamed on multiple platforms and now has been played multiple and multiple times. And let me just say, I'm grateful for the person and for the people that have constantly listened to my episodes. And I'm grateful also for you that have tuned in. I've tuned in for the first time. Thank you. Grazie. I'm going to say it in Italia, in Italian. And it's grazie. All together now. Grazie. Non grazie. no gracias. It's grazie. Okay. Let's get it. I'm also giving you free Italian lesson. Come on. Come on more i'm coming through for you guys so content is not is not missing So, yeah, so, like, as I was saying, I don't always feel comfortable, like, expressing myself or exposing myself because sometimes I feel like my ideas, my ideas or my feelings are not fully acknowledged or understood. In the same way that sometimes I try to, I feel like I try, especially in these years, I'm trying to understand people more and uh, express myself and also try to better understand where people are coming from. I don't always feel like I receive this same understanding of what I talk about and uh, what I do. So oftentimes, despite I feel like most of the time, I'm actually like no, I would I wouldn't say I'm actually right, but I would say that maybe I have a point. So mm. that's a bit weird, but yeah, i like. Ideas sometimes it's hard and it's not whether not fully heard. But also I know that if I speak more about issues that I care about, such as equality, justice, uh, racial issues in Italy and abroad, and things that sometimes maybe. They don't fit between like, let's say the black, the community, or they don't fit between my faith community, but they fit with uh, other communities. And so there's things about my faith that don't fit with other communities, but you know what? Like it's who I am, like who I am, it's complex. It's as it's different for sorts. And you know what? At this point, I might as well own it and own my ideas and speak on them, And maybe somebody like will find them insightful. Okay. Enough crap. Enough crap. Enough crap. Let's get into this episode so like we are playing right now euros 2020 so euros 2020 is a football competition so football we use feet to play football in europe for my u.s friends hey so like we use foot like yeah like what some of you call soccer which is only the u.s people the rest of the world i know you all call it football okay 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 so uh yeah right now we're playing the heroes uh the european championship of football we have national teams that are played and uh, it was supposed to be in 2020 but we know if you're all being present on this planet earth you know that 2020 was what it was. So, definitely, there were no competition running. So, like, they were moved to 2021. And honestly, like, I'm a big football fan and a big, uh, not a big football fan. I'm a big sport fan. Like, I grew up doing sports and I follow a lot of sports. So, for me, I was like... I wasn't really into the Euro spirit despite like some matches have been played in Rome like I've seen like I've seen probably the most people that I've seen in the past year but I was not like I almost forgot that the Euros were played and honestly the first match that I watched was that I fully watched was uh, Belgium Italy versus Belgium and that was a few days ago and uh, I feel like that was the match that I fully watched but honestly most of it I just follow the results I just read go to my tweets and that's it because I don't know i have just, just a little bit over it and I'm, I'm over it over the debates that the scattered during this during this era 2020 and when people say that sport is not about politics you all are lost, but we move so, like, yeah. I was telling you, like, growing up, I loved sports, I fell in love with rhythmic gymnastics during C- Sydney 2000. And I practiced in gymnastics for a couple of years. And uh, rhythmic gymnastics, by the way, is the one with the ball, the circle, and all these things, like with the hoop and stuff. Like, yeah, that's rhythmic gymnastics. And uh, yeah, then I did what's cool I played volleyball for almost 10 years I also did athletics I loved running I did like yeah a lot of 800 meters 400 meters I did countryside uh what is that called again I don't remember what's that called in English but yeah you know what I'm talking about like when you go around in the countryside and you have to do certain like yeah yes you have to show a lot of stamina for this thing so I did that and uh yeah yeah, so I do always say something that I do always on this podcast is like, and yeah, so <laughs> okay, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. Yeah, all of this to say that the Arabs were playing and yo, politics came about. So we have the Eastern European teams being overly dramatic, uh, yeah, it's fighting in Hungary and all these places, and, uh, and that's amazing but definitely there is probably what we say different conversation happening when it comes to human rights Uh, especially in this case uh, I believe regarding the LGBT community so it's been like even the uh, German goalkeeper Nur was wearing a what's it called a rainbow band Uh, is the captain of the German team and that was a problem for UEFA. So the football association. That was a problem, and uh, they were like, "Oh, like that, that was a big issue." do I don't think, like, I think there's people are making it more dramatic than it actually is. Um, I think it's a step forward for football, to the football world to acknowledge. Uh, so I think that's interesting because I feel like, uh, like. Football can be the height of toxic masculinity. So that's important conversation that's happening. But another important conversation that's happening during the years regarding politics and sport and social issues is taking the knee. Black Lives Matter. If you have followed football enough or if you haven't followed football but read some news, like you know, that football struggles a lot when it comes with racism and one of these earlier episodes I spoke about I spoke about racism uh related to football and uh, and it's interesting we are back here with, with the 18th episode and we're still talking about it so what's happening with racism and football so players are taking football players of the areas are taking Denis. We are seen Belgium, we've seen England, we've seen Welsh, and that's impressive because football has had a huge problem with racism. Four years now, since I've been young, I've seen different players from Samuel Eto'o to Mario Balotelli being insulted on the pitch and being thrown bananas, and you name whichever like insults you will see within the football, the football pitch. And in the past, I've also mentioned that I have a younger brother, and my younger brother's been playing football since he was six years old, and I grew up with a lot of awareness, but also fear of my brother be like, racially abused on the pitch. So, I always made sure that we had that conversation about it even at home. So, when it comes to that, football players are taking their name This has been taken different ways. We will start with when England did it, like, there were some booing by the English fans, towards the English team about taking the knee have they stopped doing that no really till I remember they still doing it speaking on it and we had a beautiful scene that happened during Belgium versus Portugal and that was so nice because even the referees they took the knee so taking the knee does not defeat racism that's for sure but can send a message especially to people that maybe are not familiar with the topic of racism um we know that around football football and football fans there is a big far-right movement amongst the what we will call the ultras the hooligans at the time in england and there is a big culture around that so it's important like the fact that footballers are taking a position regarding racism can send a message also i feel to those fans like the racist fans the fascist fans is sending a message but if you don't do that mm -mm, you are telling them what you're doing it's okay okay so all of this to say now let's talk about the Italian national football team. They are doing amazingly when it comes to football. When it comes to athletic performance, they are doing great. They have not lost a single match. The team is playing well. That's what I heard. And um, they are doing great on that level. But when it comes to like taking a stand, standing for human rights, when it comes to taking a position regarding racism and anti-racism, the Italian team is reminding us, they are I'm reminding us that they are from Italy. And if you listen to enough episodes of this podcast, you know this country doesn't know how to take real positions when it comes to racism when it comes to human rights and this has been seriously insane the whole debate about around taking the knee has been crazy 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 but I exposed myself on my topic on my personal IG which is at smileybenny and uh, double n and double y in the end a few days ago and i also like i keep reflecting and thinking about it as more like press release do come out especially from the from the national from the national team so what sparked this debate national debate on in italy so what sparked that so what sparked it was that during the group uh, phase of the tournament there's been like the match between Welsh. Uh, Welsh, yes between well sorry wales the match between wales and italy so at the in the beginning the wales the wales team what they did they nailed okay they nailed against racism so the italian team we only had five players the rest apparently were distracted that's what they said we had five players on the other side that took the knee so um for those that of you that are not familiar with football in football there are 11 players so five of them took the knee so a little bit below the i would say the half of them so some people were like "Mm, it's sad to see that only five players took the knee And this includes Claudio Marchisio, our beautiful, beautiful, handsome, incredible former football player. Which I still don't understand why he's a former football player. Because it's quite, I don't know, I feel like he's still quite young and he could stay all like play is so handsome by the way oh my gosh Claudio Marquisio is so handsome and uh yeah I just always tell myself like he has children and he has a wife so just to remind myself to put myself back to her but like yeah Claudio Marquisio is super awesome and is incredible when it comes to human rights and speaking on social issues I think is the best when it comes to that uh among football players and among other people other athletes I think that's a great job he's very sensitive to these issues and he commented saying that and he said mm, it's nice that the five player took the knee but it would have been nicer even if all the team would have taken the knee and that was funny because on twitter at some point it was trend it was trendy and people were like why is he on trend and this a page i explained you like that explains you like why somebody's trending on italian twitter and it said like oh is sentence that I said is the new like we are a cap, a crap country and I'm not gonna lie <laughs> like I think we can definitely do better when it comes to these issues. But the worst part has not been the no kneeling. The worst part has been like the conversation that sparked afterwards and the Italian team definitely needing uh, anti-racism training no bias training needed communication training as well like and political training as well because definitely like this law don't know what's happening around the world because it's just crazy how they justify it afterwards so first of all they say they were distracted. Then, The next match that came up, I believe, was... I don't remember which match was there. I forgot. It was not Belgium. I think it was the one before Belgium. I don't remember which match was there. I honestly, like, almost forgot about it. But they were, like... So, the press started asking the Italian team, So, okay, what are you going to do next? So, what are you going to do? And they were, like... "Mm, I don't know what we're going to do. So... First, there was Mr. Bonucci, the lovely Bonucci, that in the past said that his teammate, Moiskin, which has not been nominated for the national team this time, Moiskin is Afro Italian, originally from Ivory Coast, and he said uh, he was to blame for the racist chance that the Calgary football player did back in 2019 so yeah so like it's a 50 50 fault like of course if somebody is receiving racist insults it's the fault of the black person black football player for receiving those insults okay Bonucci so Bonucci came up to us to explain that we haven't decided yet if we're taking the knee and if we will do it we will do it as a team Which I'm just there, like you all, grown men, don't know like what's racism, don't know like what's the position about racism and about taking the knee. Okay, that's fine. I mean, on one side, some people were like, "You all are racist. On the other side, people were like, "Oh, you're not like you're not supposed to take the knee." Da 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 da. Others were like, "There is no point of you taking the knee. The knee doesn't taking the knee doesn't defeat racism. Let's say it does not." It does not defeat racism. It's not the fact about taking the need that defeats racism. Of course, they are supposed to give money to like communities, investing players, uh, especially African italian players. Uh, they supposed because even it's shameful. It is shameful that in the Italian national team there is not a single black player. Why is it so? And you know why is it shameful? Because it's not the fact that there are no black players. Okay it's not if the fact is that there are so many like talents if you go right now to an italian football academy there are so many talents black talents uh foreign talents talents with foreign origins that are playing right now like i grew up with uh with like some with my friend uh isham and his brother they are moroccan and his brother was playing for Inter Milan. So at a very young age, very, very young age. And I'm just there like, how come these players we don't see them after, how come we don't, like, see them get into the national team, like, what happened with Balotelli, like, what happened with other player, and even the attitude that people had around Balotelli, that was very weird, but anyway, we move because I'm trying to keep this episode short, so, like, what was I saying, yes, let me get back on track, so, it's been, like, very, like, the Communications be handled very poorly they didn't know what to do then um, after Bonucci said uh, explained to us that the team had to decide and they haven't decided yet because they don't know if we're racist or not racist or whatsoever they decided to um, what's he called they decided to issue the statement which is they will kneel only if the opponent team does it not. In solidarity with the Black Lives Matter campaign, FYI today, Azuri communication team, Black Lives Matter is not a campaign, it's a movement. Okay. Get it together (laughs) And then like as you can see guys, I'm trying to like really like I don't know, I guess I'm in the face where I'm trying to in your pain and So, I'm a little bit more cheerful. I'm trying to cheer myself up. So, like, like, let's keep it going. So, like, and they said, we will kneel, kneel in solidarity with the opponent team. What's the point? You should have, you might as well stood up instead of saying this nonsense. The reason being is, like, you are not making sense. And then also, secondly, as well, it's the fact that, uh, Giorgio Chiellini, the captain of the Italian team also said, first of all he misused terms so it's sort of same racism, he said Nazism so already we are starting very well during the interview and then he said we will find other ways to fight racism me, I'm sitting here with my glasses uh, with a drink probably and waiting patiently on what the Italian team is going to do when it comes to other ways of fighting racism. Should I remind you, you want to know something fun? Okay, so the Italian Football Association, which is the um, Serie A, the Premier League uh, Association, uh, decided to do a campaign a few years ago ab- against racism, following, like, I think following the insults that player, Napoli player could, could deeply receive. And this, you know what they did for this campaign? You want to know something, rare? There you! With monkeys to do this campaign to say like we are all equal. So this is the level, okay, of Italian football associations to deal with racism. So I'm just here sitting down, still waiting on what they're going to do. But if they want to sponsor this podcast, that would be great. If they want to pay me to give them some training, I'm available, If they want to pay reparations, I can give you my bank account number and I'll be happy to receive it. So let me just say so, because I'm really curious about these alternative ways in which they will fight racism. I'm not expecting anything from the Italian national team, by the way. And uh, yeah, I just feel like the Italian national football team reflects clearly, clearly the culture of this country in which... We do not take clear position when it comes to human rights, when it comes to discrimination, when it comes to minorities, and when it comes to, like, simply equality and justice. Because what's the problem in Italy? In Italy, you have, like, great people. Like, say, you have people that maybe they will say, like, I'm not racist uh i think racism is wrong da, 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 the understanding of racism it's weird and uh, even those people that they say they consider themselves progressive they will find an excuse to justify or why people are racist or why people are not taking a position against racism there is in this country this country really lacks which you can See in other countries, and if I think about the US, I even think about northern European countries. I feel there is, in those countries, even like if they get it wrong as well, they get it wrong as well. There is a stronger sense of radical, and I'm talking about radical sense of justice like let's say like, at some point I'll tell you you're in Italy it was trending the hashtag I'm not kneeling that hashtag was trending at some point especially after the uh, match with uh, Wales but I feel that that hashtag was trending for too long and in another country not Eastern European I'm sorry Eastern Europe you're gonna work on that racism and justice and you might right but I feel like maybe in a more like Western European countries or Canada you West's or whatsoever and I don't know maybe even uh, I'm, I'm not gonna talk about uh Africa like America or Asia because I feel that there is a different dynamic there like there are people of color black people Asian people uh Latinx people are not minorities so definitely conversation is gonna be different so but there are all, like all race related issues even in those countries and ethnic related ethnic related issues in those countries I feel though like in a western in the country that's defined western it wouldn't like be as trendy for that x amount of time i thought there would have been like a bigger counter response to that hashtag and the problem in italy is the fact that there is no that big counter response and there is no that radical sense of justice like taking a position taking a stand in this country. It seems something too radical. So when I say my ideas, when I say that, no, I think this is wrong. I think people should do this and that. And and I speak whenever I speak about the reality of racism, even with friends or like people that I know or people that I work with, sometimes there is not that understanding of being like, okay, like, no, you have a point. You have a point. No. The thing is like, it's always like, no, but racism is not there but they didn't know but they're ignorant but there is always like an excuse for it and i think in the past as well i used to make an excuse for the ignorance that is present in this country because we have to be honest for social change it takes time okay it does take time for social change and we have to be honest about it it does so on one side i always thought that italy was not progressive enough due to the timing of immigration that happened the major immigration that happened here in italy has been for the last 30, 40 years, okay? So I was like, okay, it's obvious that Italy would take some time before getting there. But now, the more I think, the more I research, the more I ran, I'm just here like, you know what? It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of choice. And to quote James Baldwin, I would say, you told me that you is taking my mother's time, my father's time, my uncle's time, my great-uncle's time, my grandfather's time. How long? Should I wait for your time? And that's the thing. I feel like me as a black Italian woman of Ghanaian descent, I don't feel like waiting any more time. I do not want to wait any longer to see justice, to see equality, to see basic human rights to be respected. The Italian team thinks there are no enough reason to kneel against racism. Just... Even one episode that happened during an Italian football match should push football players to take the knee. Even the fact that in this country a few days ago, a young black man has died picking up tomatoes, has died being exploited on the Italian fields that should push people to take the knee. The fact that in this country, people that are born or raised to foreign parents are to wait in their 18 to access Italian citizenship. That should make you take the knee. The fact that football players, because of this law, young football players sometimes can be denied subscription to their football team because in case there are too many foreign players between a football academy or a football team that will exclude them from playing and to join the team that should make you take the knee so all of this to say i'm not supporting italy throughout the cup i saw so many uh, others People that share my background, that foreign origins, being ready to support Italy no matter what. This time, that's not going to be me. I've supported Italy every single time. I've wrote this reflection a few days ago and I wrote in Italian but maybe I can still translate it in English and uh, in this reflection I just shared about what I shared with you guys in this episode that we're about to wrap up. I shared with you my passion for sport and I said that I always supported the national team and uh, I remember different episodes uh, which one include like When Italy won the World Cup and I remember how happy and joyful I felt. I always supported the Italian national team with a passion. Despite my document said for a long time, I'm a Ghanaian citizen. Despite being born in this country. Oftentimes, as younger Italian generation, new Italian generation, we are told we are not Italian enough. We are told that we grew up with hatred when we are defending the rights of Palestinians and when we're standing up for human rights. But at the same time, we love this country with a passion but opportunities get denied to us because of a hijab or or of a veil or because of the color of our skin. Well, this time I'm simply tired. I'm tired to love and an I required way. I'm tired of a national team made of adult men not being able to see the endemic problem of racism between football, while I fear... For my brother that has been playing football since he was six years old during a training or during a match. The national team clearly reflects that this country does not care about its children, its sons and daughters in which it invests in through education, public health. But they would tell them, like, you have to wait till you are 18. To become an italian citizen despite being born and raised and knowing the language of this country for those people that would think my sup- my lack of support for the italian national team does not reflect my italianness and tell me that i'm not italian enough let me remind you my parents were under the constitution italian constitution to become italian citizens and on this talk i wrap up this episode thank you so much for tuning in today thank you for showing love thank you for listening to the end do not forget you can follow at the chronicles of a black italian women at chronicles of a a b i w on instagram and you can also follow my personal page at smiley benny i appreciate you i hope you have a great summer And please don't forget, share on your stories, share it with friends, share it with families. Tell them about this podcast if you're enjoying this podcast. That means a lot to me. And I really, like, truly appreciate you all. I'm grateful for you all. And all I wish you all is a lot of blessing, a lot of healing, inner healing. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Ciao, ciao.